Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everyone. This is Rafael Hernandez, and you are listening to Believe in Barcelona. Yes, I have changed the name of the podcast. Not only that, but now I am part of the Believe Podcast Network. Really thrilled to have this opportunity to collaborate and be part of the Believe community, and I'm really looking forward to building many interesting partnerships with Believe's help. So, guys, this is all to make the podcast better, and I'm really excited for the for the things to come. Well, aside from that, let us begin. And today, I will be only discussing El Clasico. Initially, initially, I was planning to talk about many more things, but all things considering, I think it's better if I just focus entirely on the defeat because it was quite painful. Losing El Clasico is really painful. But the manner of the defeat was really, really worrying. And it was the first time since 1978 that Real Madrid won three Clásicos in a row. So, yeah, if I start to just put out negative stats about a Clásico for Barcelona... We, we, everyone will simply not hear the end of it. And it's not that important, but it just shows that Barca have been a lot more dominant in El Clasico that we could think. And I think that we, we do take El Clasico for granted. I would say that we, we did it a lot. And now that the tides have turned on us, the way that we treat El Clasico has changed too. It's a lot more meaningful to us as it once was, but it's part of the it's part of the appeal of this fixture because when you're winning all the time and and thrashing Real Madrid, it's easier to take a classical loss, even if it's a bad one. But the moment that we start to miss great performances by Barcelona and El Clasico things change and we, we want to see them again. So, first things first, I would say that Barca really lost momentum because of the international break. I really hate the international break. I've have, I've said it many, many times and I will keep saying it. I simply refuse to watch matches, international matches during it because the quality overall is, is painful, at least in my opinion. And I don't think that there's any room for international football in the middle of the of the football club's season. It's just something that I, I understand why why we have them, but I really I really dislike them. So and this is one of the reasons. Usually what happens is the international break ends up with injuries for the for the main clubs and the loss of momentum which is what we we saw with Barca not only against Real Madrid but also against Valladolid and we already saw a struggling uh, struggling Barcelona against Valladolid and that Dembele last minute goal was incredible but overall it was already coming and it's really 
and momentum is simply something part of a part of the sport. You get a great run of results and you don't want to stop them and uh, the footballers get more confident, the coach too. So things get, I wouldn't say easier, but if you actually kick the ball down a hill, it's easier to just... It's just going to keep going forward until it reaches the bottom. And I would say, unfortunately, the international break was the bottom for Barca. And this defeat was painful, painful, but it was also a back-to-reality defeat rather than a shocking result. Barca is yet to perform in a really big and meaningful match this season. We had the trashing that we suffered to Juventus at home this season. We had the classical loss at the Camp Nou. We had Atletico Madrid beating us. We had the defeat against Atletico Bilbao in the in the Super Cup final. And now this classical defeat. So it and of course the both of the PSG matches too, especially especially the first one. It was absolutely embarrassing to lose it like that. But overall uh, I would say that the the decent run of the results in lesser matches and the comeback against Sevilla actually put us in the moods and, ex and expectations that don't reflect reality. So I would say that the the most glaring win, the most incredible win, was the one against Real Sociedad. Absolutely incredible that match. It was the best Barcelona match in almost two, two years. We can't take that from the players or Koeman. But Real Sociedad are one thing and Real Madrid and the other big clubs are other. And we saw in the Classico the difference between between both things. I I would say that Zidane is simply eight Koeman alive again. Zidane did his thing. It was he actually benched Asensio because he was a little bit hurt by Thiago during the Liverpool match. So it wasn't entirely tactical, it was more of a necessity changes. But Federico Valverde actually playing on midfield made things harder for Barca. And Koeman's decision to actually start Araujo in a in a back three really backfired big time. When I saw the lineup, I wasn't expecting Araujo to struggle, but we hadn't seen him playing in a back three yet, and Araujo simply isn't quick enough to play in a, in a back three, and we saw it. His positioning was all over the place. He made many mistakes that he hadn't made for the entire season. So I'm not going to put this on the player. I would say it's more on the coach because he risks a lot there. Maybe things could have done, could have been done differently. And honestly, what really hurt me the most was the the fact that for the final 30 minutes of the match, Zidane is simply he stopped. Real Madrid stopped playing because Zidane decided to. He subbed off Benzema, Vinicius, and all of the key players, and basically brought on Odriozola, Mariano. Uh, Odriozola, Mariano and Isco and Marcelo and it was really embarrassing for Barca. In case you don't know, these players are absolutely dead weight at Real Madrid right now. Real Madrid were pretty much losing most of the matches that Marcelo started for the past year or so. And Isco is overweight 
an absolutely off form. He was woeful against Barca. Odriozola's career at Real Madrid never started. So, and Madrid, and Madrid, of course, I, I don't and really, I don't really have to say anything about him. He's just a mediocre, a mediocre player. He's even worse uh, than Braithwaite in terms of quality as a footballer. So, yeah, Zidane simply was so confident on this match, on this win, that he simply removed his best, his best players and subbed on some of his worst players just because of the Liverpool match, the return match at Anfield this week. And it worked. It was maddening. And on the other hand, you had Koeman. Koeman simply subbed on Sergio Roberto for Busquets, which, which was an absolutely ridiculous decision to do because Sergi, Sergi simply hadn't played for nearly four months and then you sub him on on a classical. Uh, I would say that he didn't do anything that bad, but why? Why do it? It was something that I simply cannot agree. So, of course, Koeman also did that thing that he does when Barcelona are trailing in the scores and subbed on lots of attackers and football is football isn't fifa football isn't football manager there's a lot more to tactics and a lot more nuance to this thing that simply subbing on forwards to because you need to score a goal and this is barcelona we are talking about and it didn't work maybe if he likes had hadn't uh, hit the post he actually scored in the final minute or Ter Stegen had actually gotten that volley in we wouldn't be saying that but I still would be because I have really criticized Koeman for the entire season for his really amateurish amateurish uh, substitutions when when Barcelona need a goal and it's never that simple okay of course you you want to increase your your possibilities of a goal, you bring more forwards, but it's never that simple with football. You have the you have the midfield, of course, and Real Madrid had Kroos and Modric, so and Casemiro, of course. So it didn't it didn't really work. Barcelona were simply kicking the ball forward and seeing what happened. Pointless, pointlessly cro- crossing. It it really didn't work and. Overall, I would say that Real Madrid have a weaker weaker squad than Barcelona right now, but they are a better thing. And you can really see that because Sergio Ramos and Varane both missed the match yesterday. You had Militão, who has had a really poor start to his Real Madrid career, and Nacho, who is simply a squad player, really defending well. And it's not because they're world-class players or they did perform well individually but Real Madrid are really tied together they really defended together they attacked together and it clearly showed that they have a lot more cohesiveness than Barca and really a lot more confidence and experience too from what we see so yeah there's a lot of factors that led to this defeat let's say that Zidane subs on all of Real Madrid's poor players and Barca comes back and wins 3-2 Maybe Koeman would be taken as a genius and all, but in my opinion, he wouldn't. And I would still be here, of course, celebrating the win, but saying that things could have been done better, even if we had won. Because we we need to 
we need to be honest with ourselves and separate credits and credits for to a great performance and simply luck and it's what happened and a, and a good example of that was simply Manchester City's res recent defeat to Leeds. Leeds only had two shots on targets and they scored both goals and Manchester City had over 20 shots and only scored once and we had the the Bayern Munich uh, PSG match too where PSG came actually close to scoring only three times and they scored on all of uh, and they scored three goals meanwhile Bayern, Bayern Munich had 31 shots a lot more expected goals too so football isn't about fairness but we have to be able to to give credit where it's due but also recognize that there's a lot more that the the margins are really thin and there's a lot more that happens to football than basically get getting your tactics right or and all of the the basics that we are used to and I want to make an individual assessment of each Barcelona player during the El Clasico. Their second, I think that he should have been done. He should have done better on both goals. I'm not on the camp that Ter Stegen is to blame for everything bad that happens to Barca. It's really ungrateful to a goalkeeper that is literally the reason that Barca hasn't uh, hasn't gone to three or even four years without a trophy rather rather than one and but he still got things wrong he could have been better positioned for the Benzema's goal but maybe it's asking too much but the second goal it's not asking too much the positioning of the barrier was really poor and why was even Alba covering the post we all know that Alba isn't exactly tall uh, he's actually very short and it didn't make any sense. It was really unfortunate too, but the moment that you leave the door open to to mistakes, you're, you there's a possibility that you're going to, to pay for it and Barca did. Dest, I, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't blame Dest that much for, for the, for, for cross goal there, but maybe again better positioning of the barrier was necessary he could have defended better too during the match and but he actually did some good attacking plays and i would say that him being substituted so soon uh, for the second half was a bit unfair with him he's been he's been a he's been a, a, a great a good to great debut season for dest and we have to remember that he's really really young so we should be really, really fair too. And speaking of fullbacks, Jordi Alba, once again, he's been very poor defending for the entire season and it's unforgivable. He has a lot of attacking contributions, absolutely, but he's defending and he always leaves a lot of space behind his back and he doesn't track back enough and Benzema's goal was a perfect example and he simply stopped running at some point there and simply let Benzema position himself and and score and it was really poor and of course I really cannot agree with with Alba's play acting he actually he pretended that Modric had hit his head on his face and 
it's really unfair with Modric. I, I really don't like play, uh, play acting if it's from uh, my team or, from, or for anything, really. And Minguesa, yeah, Minguesa was the best on pitch for Barca. He made some mistakes at the back, absolutely, but he was still courageous. He never hid. He kept attacking. He scored a, a goal. It was a bit fortunate that he scored that, absolutely, but he did score a goal. And he never stopped trying, never stopped running. And I had some doubts about the kid before, but now I think that he deserves a, a place in the first team to prove himself. I'm not entirely sure if he has enough quality to be a starter for Barca, but he has enough quality to be counted on, at least as a as a valuable sub like Nacho is for Real Madrid. He, he deserves a lot of credit for yesterday. De Jong and Lingley performed better than expected. I'm not going to put much blame on them for the goals. Lingley was a bit error-prone, but nothing that can really lead to criticism and De Jong was really he he made many progressive carries uh, during the match he basically carried the ball forward a lot so yeah overall nothing to nothing to complain about him and Busquets had a decent match and Pedri really struggled and once again, Pedri is overwhelmed by the occasion of the Classico. He was already poor at the Camp Nou last October. We have to... It's it's not an issue. He's only 18 years old. But he really gets overwhelmed by the Classico. And it's part of the game. He's still young. And imagine being 18 years of age and already playing a Classico. So... Yeah, maybe he should have been eased in, but I'm not going to say that Koeman made a mistake by starting him. I'm not going. I'm not going to be unfair like that. Absolutely not. And Pedri deserves a lot of credit and respect. He earned to start El Clasico, but he also performed poorly, and it's not a it's not a problem to say it. And I w- and I would say that Messi too had a very poor Clasico. And the situation with Messi, as it is in recent Classicals, is the same. Messi cannot rely enough on his teammates. And Real Madrid already knows that Messi is always playing in the middle. So they can basically crowd the the middle of the pitch and the and the front of their own box. And Messi isn't, isn't going to have many chances. So this will sound a little bit like uh, harsh criticism by uh to Messi, but it's not. But Zidane and Real Madrid basically have figured out how Messi plays in Classicals, and it's like not a single, not a single coach since uh, since Luis Enrique has actually tried to make changes to how Messi plays in Classicals. So we we have had Messi having many frustrating classical performances, and I would say it's more of a tactical issue rather than Messi making many mistakes i'm not going to to criticize to criticize him much of course because messi is still carrying us for the entirety entirety of the year we are fighting for titles because of messi too and dembele dembele was really awful once again and dembele goes and plays another big high profile match for barcelona and underperforms massively. He was very poor. He kept losing the ball. He kept making poor passing decisions. It was an all-round awful performance. 
And I know that many fans really adore Dembele and really have faith that he's going to come out good. But I'm not sure. Maybe maybe it's time to renew his contract first and look for look for another club to to sign him up. Maybe it's time for Barca to cut their losses and move on. I'm not I'm not sure that he can do it. He's he he's having a a, a better season that he's ever had. Barca, yes, but it's still not enough. He has to step to step up, to step up. And of course, he likes Muriba. The kid really has a lot of personality. He comes on in a classical. He fights for every ball. He two two players start fighting and he goes to separate them. This this guy is this guy is impressive as it gets. I'm really optimistic about his long term career at Barca. And honestly, if he had scored that goal, the equalizer against Real Madrid in the in the final seconds. It would have been, I would say, the most special moment of the entire season. It's a same shame that didn't happen, but I love everything that happens when this guy is on pitch. He has my full support, and I'm really, really excited to see how his long-term career at Barca will develop. To cap things off, I want to talk a little bit about the officiating, and Gil Manzano is an absolute disgrace. In case you don't know, the the thing that loses the most when Gil Manzano officiates their matches is Levante. And the second thing that loses the most when Gil Manzano is officiating is Barcelona. Even Espanyol wins more when Gil Manzano is the, is the select, is the main referee for the match. So this guy is really awful and maybe... It would have been better that Mateo Lajos didn't get injured, but we all know that Lajos is awful. So it was really an embarrassment. And of course, we had the, the recording of Manzano actually telling Messi that he doesn't know the rules of football. So yeah, he, he's just an arrogant guy. He was laughing at Piquet's fakes at full time. Overall, I really hope, I really wish that this guy never officiates another Barcelona match again. It, and speaking of which, I want to talk about uh, a little bit about a penalty. I think it was a penalty on Bright White there, but I understand why it wasn't signaled. It's the kind of penalty that if Jumanzano signals, he's going to get slaughtered by the, by the Madrid media for weeks, maybe even years. So yeah, the, uh, we we know we know how things work in Spain. It's always the same thing. So yeah, overall it was really awful, and of course it's something that I've been observing uh, with El Clasico for the past few years. You have ever realized that anytime there's a little bit controversial mistake on Real Madrid's side, it's like the referee makes some kind of decision that makes a lot of difference on the on the score sheets in the in terms of the match report so Casemiro getting sent off in the in the final minutes was really opportunistic of them because you have you have the the final score sheet how oh, Madrid won to one against Barca even Casemiro was sent off so it puts a lot more It's like that the match was more we equal and oh oh look the, the 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 referee wasn't poor for Barca he even sent off Casemiro so you see how how things work it's 
overall Spanish football is really I prefer to to say <laughs> I prefer to not say anything else you already know what I could say so uh, Real Madrid's arrogance and confidence at full time is simply everything that Barca once had at this, fix uh, at this fixture Modric's teasing Piquet and Sergio Ramos laughing and Gilmanzano laughing to uh, Piquet's face. So, yeah, this kind of thing, it really hurts because Barca use, dominated El Clasico for well over 10 years and Real Madrid are turning the tide, the, the tide around. It really hurts and Barca really needs a lot more confidence. People got mad at me when I said that Real Madrid has the psycholog uh, psychological edge over Barcelona. I said it before El Clasico, and I think that this match actually proved it. It's a shame. Uh, I think that we can turn this around, but we are talking about a thing that has constantly collapsed in the Champions League for years and years. So yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to work to be done, and I would say that the the real rebuild hasn't really started yet there's a lot of dead weight at the club Coutinho is injured for god knows how long I'm not really sure if Griezmann is the right player for Barcelona yet I, maybe if I was in Laporta's place I would actually try to sell Griezmann so it's really it's really tough and honestly once again guys I really don't think that Koeman is the the right coach for, uh, for Barcelona. He has done a decent job this season. Yes, he has actually be he's actually coaching Barcelona at the the club's worst situation in over 20 in nearly 20 years. Yes, and he has performed better than I expected judging from November and December. Yes, but he's not good enough. Barcelona has performed really badly. In the, in the big matches this season. We we have to move on. We need a better coach. And I, and I really fear that if Koeman stays for another season, we are going to be wasting another season of Messi if Messi stays. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm really confident that Messi will stay. So I'm not, I'm not even going to, to talk as if it was Messi's last classical. Absolutely not. He's going to stay. I'm confident of that. And... This is what you're getting from me today, guys. I don't think that Barca can win La Liga. I already had my doubts before this match, but I don't think it's possible. This is between Real Madrid and Atletico, and I think that Atletico are going to throw everything away. So we might see Real Madrid actually retain La Liga. It would be really painful because they haven't deserved it. But we can't really say that Atletico or Barca have, so... Yeah, it's likely a season to forget. Let's just hope that we actually win the Spanish Cup, at least a trophy to end this season in a, in a high. See you guys on social media. Take care, my friends. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.